Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast. We're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. So I just feel like the church is coming to an hour where we are going to begin to experience healing and deliverance. Everything you read in the Gospels, and I know some teach sensation, uh, the healings don't happen and everything, and that's good theology until you've been healed, and then it kind of messes that theology up. <laughs> once, once you or your babies experience healing, you begin to not just know Him, but know Him as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. And I believe the church is coming into an hour where we're going to begin to experience it. We're hungry for it. We're hungry for it. We're hungry for His presence. We're hungry for that. We're not chasing after healings. We're not chasing after prophecies. We're not chasing after tongues. We're chasing after His presence. We're after the King's presence. We just want to be near Him. We just want to sit in His presence and we just want to hear Him. We want to hear His Word. We want to hear Him breathe. It's what our King says. It's what our hearts desire. We're going after Him. He, and He's... he's creating that in this this deep crying out to deep this this spirit crying out for spirit this intensity of we want more we want more we want more we the lord is getting his church ready because the the community the nations they're beginning to divide they're beginning to 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 choose their side and there are people who are questioning and wondering can God help I've tried psychology I've tried medicine I've tried this that and the other thing and people are really crying out can God help and as long as you have an option for and I'm for you guys know my background I'm for medicine I'm for understanding um, psychology. I'm for understanding principles of success in marriage and money. I'm, I'm for all that. I believe the Lord has given us all these principles. But sometimes you're in a place where nothing's working. No principle, no medicine, no word from man. Nothing's working. And you begin to hunger for healing. You begin to hunger for your marriage to be whole and your money to be blessed and your, you, you want to walk in a lifestyle of holiness and you're hungry for it. There is nothing else that will help but the presence of Almighty God. And when you get to that place, when you get that hungry and that thirsty and that ravished begin to go after him and I'm going to be the one that grabbed his garment 
So when this world turns and says, is your God able to save? I will have not just a theology, but an experience that I've touched God. That I've encountered his healing. And I've encountered his word. And I've encountered his presence. It's not something I just know. It's something I know. I've experienced. I walked in it. And I believe that's where God's getting the believer, you and I. We're getting back to that place where it's not just something we heard in church, but it's something we do. It's something we practice. It's something we go after. It's something that becomes normal to us. My, my wife, about every third day, she just says something profound. How many of you men can amen me? Your wives are like that. It's just, wow. And she thinks I'm not listening, but it, it, it drops. She says that, and it drops down in my spirit and just rattles around, man. It just, it just rattles around. But she said, you've got to be careful watching the news and watching the, the videos and watching Facebook and watching CNN, watching the Weather Channel. You've got to be careful watching the world around you because the world around you is carnal. This is spiritual. And, and when the world doesn't line up with this, the world is the liar. <laughs> now, they don't know they're lying. They're giving you facts, right? They're giving you facts, but God's giving you truth. And truth is never at the mercy of the facts. The doctors have facts, amen? The banker has facts, right? The insurance has facts. The weatherman has facts, but God has truth. Right? What am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say we're coming to an era where we're more impressed with what God says than what man says. We're, we're hungry for what God is saying and not what man is saying. And that includes me, amen? Oh, perfect Father. Lord, this is all we need, your presence, your presence. And your presence is truth. In your presence is healing. In your presence, there's restoration. There's encouragement. There's strength in your presence. All of our wrongs and failures somehow pale in comparison because you are awesome. You are full of mercy. You're full of grace. You're full of beauty. And we go after you today, Lord. We're after you. We're chasing you. This is your house, and we are your guest. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Fill this house. Yes. Amen. Had a dream a few nights ago, a week ago a week or so ago and I believe the Lord gave me an interpretation to the dream through my wife and the essence of the dream is this the the religion that we've known like an older man has been assaulted has been murdered bear with me on this and we have somehow been partners in that 
although we didn't mean to, at the end, we realized there was something to gain. So I woke up from this dream and, and I'm like really concerned. And my wife said, I, I really believe this is the Lord telling you that there's a form of religion that is dying off of you, off of the church, off of the nation. And although you didn't set out to kill in the dream the old man, you benefited from it. And you didn't go and try to defend it because you knew God was doing something through it. In other words, church, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. There is religion that's full of works, but no power. And I love our forefathers, and I love what, what they brought to us in the church, but there's some things in, in the Western culture church that needs to be broken off. And one of the things that needs to be broken off is that it is a spectator sport, and I'm the bishop, and I do everything, and that is not the case. Jesus said, you are my disciples. He imparted this to us for me to impart it to Greg, so Greg imparts it to Sandy. So we don't just sit here and amen, pastor. We walk out and amen the spirit when we go out and do the ministry he's calling you to get ready because he's anointing you as pastors as teachers evangelists apostles and prophets to go that's that's first century bible 101 I, I know what we've had in our nation, and it's been good, and the great revivals, and the great ministers, and the great cathedrals, and it's been wonderful, and the message has been preached, but Jesus never designed a gospel to spread that way. He called it to be a relationship gospel where you go out and you declare the kingdom of God is near you. Yes. Not me. You. You're the minister. Not me. You've called me the minister. I'm not the minister. We are the minister. Amen. The moment you put your hand on ministry, you begin to change. I'm going to tell you a story, and the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> you can sit down if you want and help me get into my sermon. I was traveling one time, and I went in a um, restaurant, checked in the hotel, went in a restaurant, and I'm a pretty naive guy, Chris. I see you on the drums, my friend. I'm a pretty naive guy sometimes, so I go in this restaurant, I'm eating dinner, I'm by myself, and... The server's waiting on me. And it, and it uh, somewhere in the course of the meal, it dawns on me that this server's offering me more than just steak and potatoes. Amen, somebody? You know where I'm at. All the men said amen? Okay. The moment I realized it, you know what I, I began to do? I began to pray, uh-oh. Lord, I need help, right? I need, I need, what, ooh, what is going on here? And I wasn't praying for strength to do the right thing. I was praying for wisdom on what to do. 
I, I knew the right thing to do, but I wanted wisdom on what did God want me to do. So I opened my mouth and I began to tell her about the goodness of God. Begin to tell her about the blessing of God on my wife. Begin to tell her about everything the Lord was doing in me and in the church. Just begin to confess Jesus. Just begin to tell her about the Lord. You know what happened? Well, the atmosphere began to change. Why? Because I began to fill my role as a minister declaring truth. Facts were something else was going on around me. But I began to change the facts with the truth. Are you seeing this? I began to speak truth. And it began to change the atmosphere. But it didn't happen until I took my place as the minister. Yeah. I had to actually put words on my faith. Um, the Lord uses, He uses our, our muscle, our faith. He uses our money. Money's getting a bad rap in churches, but I'm telling you, God uses money for spiritual things. In this world, the moment you get a glimpse of money as a tool from heaven that God wants to do something with, the moment everything changes. I want to, is it all right if I share a scripture? We're in church and um, we do a lot of that. Proverbs eleven twenty four. One person gives freely yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. <laughs> you can't get that at Charles Schwab, I'm telling you, man. Isn't that amazing? One person gives freely yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. In a, in a word, in a word, everybody on the count of three, in a word, what do you think that's saying? On the count of three, I want you to shout out the word. One, two, three. How many of you are thinking money? Right? So we read this, and our natural thought is, one person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. And I'm just, I just told you a story of how I gave freely and became rich by it. Are you with me? I kept a marriage pure, right? I kept the devil off my back. I kept my testimony, but I gave freely. Another one withholds what was right, and they became poor. They lost the purity out of their marriage. They lost. Are you with me? It's, amen. It's getting quiet. Now, hey, I preach with no condemnation, right? Everything here in the scripture is about shining a light for us to go forward. Always going forward. Crucifying the past. Go forward, men. Put the past behind you. Pick up the sword. Let's go forward. You will never, never take ground going back lamenting over graves. We do something around here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is called popcorn preaching. I'm going all over the map. Are you with me? We do something around here. Um, 
We put ministry back in the hands of people. It's, it's nothing new. So we've been doing it since day one. We want you to take communion home, men, and serve your family. Matthew 26, 26, the easiest scripture reference to remember. Matthew 26, 26. Go home, take bread, take juice, and say, this is the covenant God gave us. We want you to do that. Single moms, we want you to do that. City groups, we want you to do that. We want you to, we, we have it here during worship. People will get up and they will take communion. We do it during prayer time, 915 to 945 or so. Uh, we do prayer time in here, 950. Um, sometime during that, many, many Sunday mornings, we're doing communion. We want to put ministry back in your hands. One of the things that we do is um, we want you to baptize your students, your disciples. Those you're leading to Christ, if you have a pool, your neighbor has a pool, we want to help you to understand your place as the minister and baptize them. One of the coolest things that we've done, show these pictures, um, is we've had families, we've had dads baptizing sons and moms baptizing daughters, right? Right, because that's their role. That's their first disciples they're gonna ever make is your children. We've had people that watch us on the internet come and we baptized them. I'm not always the one. That was a crazy dude. Did you see that picture? I'm not always the one baptizing them. Sometimes it's, most of the time it's you. We had a family come. A couple sons and a daughter got baptized and they were so excited. Mom was there to watch. Mom got baptized. Mom got so excited. Grandma got baptized. Yeah. Hey, I thought the neighbors were going to cross the fence and come over and get baptized. I mean, this, this goes on all the time. It's, it's, it's people putting money into work or muscle into work. And that means you actually doing the ministry. 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 I'm going to take, I'm going to go into preaching for just a minute. So I'm going to give you guys a break. I'm going to bless you, release you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you are free to go. And <laughs> Amen. You guys are good. Because if you play like that, man, I just might, I might never get done. That could be 3 o'clock. Amen. Well, amen. I, I always say we will go in here as long as the glory of God is setting on the kids' department, right? <laughs> when it lifts off the kids, we're done. We're done. Amen. I love our children's ministers over there. They do a tremendous job. And uh, I, I, I'm actually right in the middle of my sermon. I, I want to tell you that um, the Lord actually, many, many places, He gave us a directive to go and minister, to go out and touch the world. I, think, I really do believe the, the old man of the dream that was dying, it was the religion because the religion was, we're not doing the ministry in that way. Today, the Lord has put his hand upon the church and he's saying, go everywhere you go. It, you're looking for an opportunity to follow the father at work. You follow the perfect father at work. The mandate, Matthew 28, was go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded to you. And remember, I, I am with you always, even to the end of age. It's the classic commission, great commission. Go. He's not telling just the, the disciples. He told the disciples, everything you've seen me do and heard me say, go and do, and teach your disciples to go and do and say. Now, if that was the mandate, then that would stand a reason that the normal MO, modus operandi, 
operandi of a disciple of Jesus Christ is not only to embrace the message and do the message, but it is to train someone to do the message, right? That is normal discipleship. And most of us have never been trained in that way. Amen, Pastor Ken. So it is very hard for me to stand here and say, it's your role to go out and do these things. However, organically, it has been happening around here. We are actually seeing more and more and more of it take place. Jesus said this, and this isn't one of my scripture references, but Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power from the Holy Spirit. This is talking about the day of Pentecost. And, and uh, the, the, the follow-up, the qualification on this, uh, the, the definition of this is really described in the next words. And you shall be witnesses. Now, witnesses both demonstrate and articulate what happened. Did you see the accident? Yes, I did. He pulled out that car, and they can demonstrate it on a whiteboard. They can demonstrate what happened, and they can articulate what happened. This is what a witness does. But it, and it's fascinating because he, he stops there. He doesn't stop there. He says, you'll be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so a lot of us have mission programs that talk about our Jerusalem. That's our home, right? Our Judea, that's our city. Our Samaria, that's our nation. The ends of the earth, that's the world. Several years ago, I had my pastor come in and he looked over our missions uh, mandate. And, and I was a little bit concerned because it is directly focus foreign missions on Israel. Like, that's it. It's only Israel. It's always only been Israel. And I, I said, you know, this isn't popular. Most churches have 152 nations they support, you know, and they, they're, a, they're a mile wide and an inch deep. And we've just taken all of our resources for foreign, and we've gone after Israel by the mandate to see all of Israel saved. And he said, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's in line with the Bible. In fact, I would be more concerned if you didn't support Israel and supported 152. We, sh we have a commandment to support Israel, right? Of all nations, we are, we are commanded to go after Israel. And um, by the way, you, you never see anybody um, up in arms about North Korea. You never see anybody about, the, <laughs> there's nations about Afghanistan right now and the atrocities going on. You just don't see a lot of people uh, up in arms. But you can look down through history and the Jewish people have always been a persecuted people. Today in America, we, we get little sound bites of things and we are so focused on ourselves. Like we just get so focused on me, myself, and I. Like, it just is overwhelming how much, the, the selfies. God. Come on, I said selfies, and everybody's like, wait, I posted one this week. Is there, he's preaching against selfies. Oh, no. No, it's not that. It's that, that selfies have become uh, like the, a replacement of somebody that you had a relationship with, and they took my picture, right? Now it's, I'm doing so many things alone I'm taking selfies. We've never heard of a selfie. Think about that. But loneliness is pervasive. So not that selfies are bad, but I would begin to wonder if you've never had a friend around you that you took a picture with. And I know selfies are taken with more than one person, but um, I'm, not, I'm not detached from, that, from the world. But my point is, we get so focused on ourselves sometimes, right? Depression is, is, and suicide is maxed out in America. It's crazy. It's crazy how high it is uh, in America, and it's everywhere. It's in our schools, and it's in our workplaces, and it's on everybody's thought. 
I read in the October 17, I read this article recently. It's the cool thing about um, the internet is you get to read articles that are, you know, long past. But in Psychology Today, Dr. Gilham wrote this, um, he wrote this article on doing good and having compassion and, 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 and depression. This way he said, uh, compassionate goals were about striving to help others and avoiding self-behavior. For example, making a positive difference in someone else's life. The really good news is that by turning our attention toward helping others, we make everyone feel better, including ourselves. We find not only relief from our depression and anxiety, but also improvements in our own relationships. This is like a psychologist. This isn't like pastor Gilham. This is, this is a psychology. This is a focus on the scriptures. But he's actually confirming the scriptures. He's saying, listen, if you will lift your head up and look upon the city and look upon people around you, it'll actually do more for you than you realize. And this is from a mental health standpoint, that we go out and we actually look for opportunities to touch someone's life, not because of what it does in us, but because it's commanded of us. And I wonder if sometimes the Lord actually knew what he was doing when he spoke this to us. Has it ever dawned on you that God might know what he's doing? <laughs> he gave us this. He said, go out. Maybe he knew that the moment we took this message and went out and started proclaiming it, that it would do something in us and through us. It's a crazy thought. We support Israel. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't support Israel as an American... I'll give you seven reasons why you should support them, because Israel stands with America. That's, that's a really good reason we should stand with our allies, and, and they have a robust uh, democracy. They have uh, a strong military presence in that region, and Israel is a strong supporter and advocate of Middle East peace. Despite repeated attempts by the Palestinian and the Arab nations to destroy Israel completely, they've always failed. Israel is destined to be in this region. It is scriptural, and no one is going to move them. Despite any, it's, uh, it's strong military. If you look around military from a, a standpoint of taking land, Israel has never tried to take land. When Egypt attacked them, they reserved some of that land, the, the peninsula, Sinai Peninsula, and then ended up giving it back for peace. They've not taken Jordan. They've not taken Syria. They've not taken Lebanon. They have not gone out and tried to expand their, their borders that was given to them only for the sake of protection. The Golan Heights and the West Bank. They're not going to give those away. And that has nothing to do with people. That has everything to do with a nation protecting itself. Israel has the strongest human rights record of anyone thousands of miles around them despite what the UN, the United Nothing, says about them. The United Nothing will stand up and levy one um, uh, detrimental report against Israel after another, and at the same time say nothing about the atrocities of Somalia or North Korea or Afghanistan. They somehow just look past Iran and Iraq and Yemen and all of the human rights atrocities that are committed in these nations and they pummel Israel over and over and over again. Israel has given us the foundation of this nation. Americans owe our nation's foundation to Israel. The Judeo-Christian foundation that this nation was built upon is owed to Israel. As an American, Israel is the 
safest place for you, rather as a Christian, Israel is the safest place for you to actually live in this region of the Middle East than any country around. Some of them, you would get your head cut off for being a Christian, but not in Israel. In Israel, you are safe. So as an American, it makes sense. There are a myriad of reasons why we would want to partner and be allies to Israel. When we promote and talk about Israel here, it has nothing to do with the political stance of Israel. Their party, the way they vote, and their democracy, the way that they do things. It has nothing to do with um, the nation being flawless. It has everything to do with us having a point outside of America that we actually propel the message, propel our money, propel our muscle, and go after another nation and say, we recognize the biblical mandate that, that, and truth that was given to us, so the foundation that was given to us from Israel, and we actually understand our biblical mandate to go after and to bless Israel. So that's what missions in foreign affairs means to us. It means that we've actually got to take a serious look at, at being a Christian and, and then partnering with Israel. In Genesis 12, 1 and 3, we see the Lord said to Abram, Go from your land and your relatives and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now God chose to bless the world through Abraham, a man who chose a place called Jerusalem. A city that became a nation called Israel through a people we call the Jewish people. But it wasn't the Jewish people that would bless the nation. It was the seed of Abraham. And that refers to the Messiah. It refers to Jesus. So through Christ, all of the nations will be blessed, including Israel. Israel just doesn't know it today. That they produce the seed of blessings that will ripple around the world. Paul said in Romans 11, verse 25, I don't want you to be ignorant of the mystery brothers and sisters so that you will not be so that you will be conceited not be conceited rather a partial hardening has come into Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come you see that a partial hardness and in this way verse 26 all of Israel will be saved as it is written the deliverer will come from Zion for he will turn godlessness away from Jacob and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sin. So Paul actually highlights four parts of God's plan to bring Israel the gospel from the nations. Out of Israel it came to the nations, from the nations back to Israel. Verse 25, the Jewish people have a temporary spiritual blindness on them. They're not receiving it and have not for years. Number two, the fullness of the Gentile, verse 25, will provoke Israel to seek Jesus for salvation. Number three, all of Israel, verse 26, will be saved. And the fourth, the fullness of Israel, verse 12, will lead to God's glory filling the millennial earth. This, these are prophetic statements that God will use the church to bless Israel and to bring them into jealousy. Israel, let me help you for a moment. Up till recently, 
Israel has been attacked by the church. When I say the church, I mean Christendom. It's been persecuted. Hitler himself used scripture to manipulate his own people, claiming he was a Christian. And he, used, he killed six million Jews. Every hundred years through history, I can mark to you the persecution of Jews, many of which have been backed by so-called Christians. People have no idea what the Bible says. This is why we, 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 we get up here and we, we, we cry out and we, we, with passion, we call out to you and say, get into your word, understand this. People have actually gone against the Jewish people and they have called themselves Christians. I don't understand how a man can follow a Jewish rabbi and hate another Jewish man because he's a Jew. I can't get that in my head. Can't figure that one out. But it, it happens. I mean, we don't have the right to hate an Afghanistan man or a Somalian man. We, we don't. Or a German man or a North Korean. We don't have, we have no place in Scripture for us to live. Now, we cannot like what they do. We cannot, we cannot like their actions and what have you. But we ourselves have no right to hate them. We are commanded to love and love looks like something. How many of you were here last week? Love looks like something. We are told that we must do this and not just talk about it. James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but doesn't have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what their body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith... If it does not have works, it's dead in itself. In other words, James, a half-brother of Jesus, is saying, look, at some point you hear the message. At some point you believe the message. And at some point you are the message. <laughs> you become the message. You put your hand on it. You fund it. You serve it. You go after it. You open your mouth and declare there is uh, four missions endeavors that we touch in, in Israel. First off is benevolence. James just said it right here. What good does it do if you see someone hungry and you do nothing for them? Do you realize if you give a dollar in these black boxes, online, however through the internet, text to give, however we do it, you know, if, if you give a dollar... 10 cent of it is going to Israel. If you give a dollar to mission, we're, we're putting it there. And first thing we're going to do is feed people through ministry to Israel. Through that first slide, ministry to Israel. This is our longest partnership. Ministry to Israel is a, is a group that we partnered with for the sake of benevolence to elderly, to young families. They go in, they have four distribution centers throughout Israel and they touch people's lives. The next one is Streams in the Desert. Streams in the Desert is the orphan and widows ministry that you support. You guys are like, I didn't know that. You came to church today and you found out you're feeding people in Israel and you're supporting widows and orphans. 
You're supporting streams in the desert, touching the lives, single moms, touching the lives of people in that country. And the next thing we, we set out to do is, we said, okay, we're feeding people, we're doing this thing. Now we're streams in the desert, we're touching the orphans and the widows. What else are we doing, PK? Well, the next thing you're doing is evangelizing the country. When Paul says all of Israel will be saved, you're actually helping to promote. How many of you guys are preaching in Israel this year? Anybody on the schedule to preach in Israel this year? How many of you are on the schedule to disciple someone? To raise up disciple makers to go into Israel? Nobody on the schedule? Well, there's good news. You give a dollar to Israel, you give a dollar for foreign missions, you're on the schedule because you are funding one for Israel to raise up biblical students. These aren't foreigners. These aren't, these aren't people from Britain. These aren't people from America. These are Jewish young men and young women and Arab young men and young women. And they are in Bible school and they are learning Yeshua and he is the salvation of the world. And they in their own language are going to their community and they are preaching Jesus and thousands are coming to the Lord. But not only that, One for Israel has an electronic ministry that goes out over television and it goes out over the internet. And in the time of COVID, they saw thousands upon thousands of people downloading their message on why Yeshua is the Messiah. It, uh, Israel's being in, they're being propagated with the gospel. They're being exploded with the gospel right now because you sat here on a Sunday morning and gave to see all of Israel saved. Amen. Our last mission endeavor for Israel is Kufi, Christians United for Israel. Christians United for Israel is right here in America and their primary role is to defend Israel from a national standpoint. So they, I've gone with them to DC, I've walked in Senator's office, I've walked down the hallways and, and basically played the political card of pressuring these politicians. They only know one language, right? It's WWF, you gotta come off the top ring, baby. You gotta put some forearm in them. They know, politicians know one language, pain. So you walk in and you go, hey man, I represent the state of Florida, I represent Ocala, and I represent City Light. And I'm just telling you, there are a bunch of people that understand why it's good for Israel to be allies with America. And we think that you're doing a good job and that you should support Israel. And if you'll support Israel, I think we'll keep voting for you. Do you like us? That's how politics works. And if those guys get enough pressure, then they make laws that support the na nation of Israel. Why is that important? Because as a, a, a Genesis 12 says to you, it says that if you will bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you curse them, you will be cursed. The nation needs to understand there is a biblical mandate both on Christ, but also in defense of the Jewish nation to stand with them. And so Kufi helps us walk in those politicians' office and, and encourage them to do the right thing because they have so many voices coming in at them. You don't realize this, and you, you may be a member of Christians United for Israel, but we help fund them. We help fund campuses where, where lies are being told about the Jewish people. Lies. Doc, you've been there. 
Martha, you've been there. We've walked on those streets. We've seen those precious people, Arab and Jews. See, this is the thing. The moment I say that our foreign mission project is Israel, we get already, we're getting, hey, put your crayons away. Stop writing me nasty grams. I don't care. It's a biblical mandate. We're going to support Israel. And it's okay if you don't understand, but it's not okay if you don't learn. Israel, Israel deserves America's support. And when we support them, listen, when you lend to the poor, God looks out for your needs. Go read Psalms 41. So Israel's not poor. They are poor in spirit. That's our mission mandate. My mission mandate for Israel and the church's mission mandate is not to support them politically. We don't go in and fight their political battles. I, it's not, it has nothing to do with where I think the border should be. We have nothing to do with that. We go into the West Bank just like we do in the East Side. We go all over the place. Doesn't matter who the people are, right? A lot of people don't realize in Israel there are Arab Israelis, there are Jewish Israelis. There are Arab Christians, there are Jewish Christians. There are Arab Muslims, there are Jewish men and women who are un, that are Orthodox and non-practicing. They're just like America. We go in there and we don't discriminate. We, every one of these organizations sends love across the street to every side and every angle. They do not discriminate. I'm, I'm closing, I'm closing. I laid down my, my missions pack, those M&Ms behind that speaker. Would you grab that for me? I'm gonna give you something today. I don't think you'll ever eat M&Ms again and not think of missions. Thanks, brother. We're gonna give you some M&Ms today. You know why I'm giving you M&Ms? Because this is the universal sign of our missions program right here. You know what M&M stands for? Money and muscle, baby. Money and muscle. It, it has nothing to do with candy and peanuts. It has nothing to do, by the way, this week they have peanuts in them. Next week they might not. It has nothing to do with, with, with chocolate. Sorry, ladies. It has nothing to do with chocolate. It has everything to do with missions. Money and muscle. It has everything to do with your call to a foreign country. And that foreign country, first is your community. And second, it's Ocala. It's our nation, but it's also Israel. And when you give, you're given missions. You're putting your hand on missions and it's going forward and it's doing a good work. When you serve, whether it's going over there to paint a school, work on a school, or whether it's uh, to, to, to send supplies over there, when you serve, you are doing missions and you are impacting what the scripture tells us to do so that all of Israel will be saved. The scriptures actually say that we will provoke Israel to jealousy. America, along with the rest of the world, has attacked Israel. Go study your history. Always attacked Israel. The church has been a partner in it. How are we going to provoke Israel to jealousy when we're partnered in their destruction? But what they've experienced in the last 50 years is a church that is turning their heart toward them. And now they're reaching out to them, not to slap them, but to serve them. 
And we just happen to be a church that's pointed as Foreign Missions Project, all at Israel. And we're going after them to love them. And when we love them, we're going to earn the right to lead them. That's our philosophy of evangelism, love and lead. If you're going to do missions, if you're going to do money or muscle, when you go out to do muscle, you have got to start with loving somebody. You've got to find their need and then meet that need. And when you meet that need over and over, you will earn the right to lead them one day. They will turn to you and say, why do you love me like this? Why do you do these things? And then you will have earned the right to open your mouth and say, it is not me. It is the love of Christ flowing in me and to you. You haven't experienced me. You've experienced Jesus and I want you to know today that you are loved and I appreciate you and everything you've done for Israel and everything you've done for this city but we can't stop now we are coming to the precipice of the greatest outpouring of God's spirit and the greatest revival that we've ever known in America and you will be the evangelist you will be the missionary you will be the disciple maker it will be you men the priest of your home just stand up right now let's 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 close in prayer I want you to stand up going to send you out on a high, a spiritual high and a chocolate high. I want you today to receive a mandate to say, God, it's no longer all about me. It's no longer all about me. It's about what you're doing in me and through me. And I'm going to put my hand on that M&M, <laughs> that money and that muscle. And I'm going to let you direct me. I'm going to let you bless me. As you see fit, I'm going to embrace my calling as a minister. Father, today, this church, Lord, you've done great things in our lives before. We thank you for that. But we're hungry for more, 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 Lord. We want more of your spirit in our homes, more of your spirit in our, our workplaces. We want a bold testimony. Father, we, we're, we're tired of being meek. Christians in a closet we want to be full of power Jesus you said it acts 1 and 8 we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us we want to be children of God filled with your spirit so Lord I ask that you would come right now begin to impart power begin to impart power we receive it Lord We receive it, Lord. For what you've done in our life, we're going forward. We're going to give. We're going to serve. We're going to open our mouth and begin to testify of your goodness. We're going to declare your God and beside you there's no other. We're your people. And you are our God. And beside you there's no other. We hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement and it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.